PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, how's it going? My name is Chris Kiefer. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for downloading this episode. This is the one and only RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech where we go over bikes, parts, accessories. We talk a little bit. We talk about life, love. There's all kinds of things we do on this podcast. I appreciate you guys downloading this and I appreciate you supporting what we're doing over here. It's fun. I love doing it. And we're back for another episode. And of course... It's about a Honda CRF450R. Man, what a bike. What a headache. What a lot of work. <laughs> Before we dive into this sucker, let's pay some bills. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one-stop shop and trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service. And free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's so easy to see why you guys out there should be shopping over there. But before you do, of course, you guys know, click on keferinktesting.com. There is a Rocky Mountain ATV banner. Click on that and then do your shopping. What that does, it tells those guys, hey, there's people listening to this podcast and we support it because it drives traffic to our website. And then in return, it helps us helps us in the back end so thank you guys that have done that um it's been working really well and hopefully we continue to keep clicking that banner and then we're going to work our way up to a discount code here one day hopefully so i appreciate all of the support and of course i appreciate rocky mountain it's a man they are great people over there and i order a lot of stuff i just order a pull rod for a yz450f because pro circuit had um this pull rod that I'm supposed to try, a.k.a. from Travis Preston, said it's really good, but they were out of stock. So Rocky Mountain had it in stock. I ordered it. Two days. Boom. Here. Awesome. So you guys should try it, too. Guess what? Fly Racing. Kinetic Mesh gear is out this weekend. Fresh spring kinetic mesh. It's summertime. Coming here real damn soon, especially here in California. But for those of you guys digging yourself out of the snow, don't worry. The sun is coming. Head over to flyracing.com. Check out the new Kinetic Mesh Racewear that'll be up this Friday. All the riders will be at Daytona Supercross. I don't say all of them. All the fly riders will be wearing Kinetic Mesh this weekend. And I got a sneak peek yesterday at it, and it looks good. Man, there is a Miami Dolphins colorway that is to die for. So I'm all about that. Already ordered it, and it's good. So go check them out, flyracing.com. If you guys want to do some suspension, we're going to talk about that here today on this episode. Check out Racetech, Racetech.com, engine and suspension services. It's basically a one-stop shop for your motorcycle. Want to make your dirt bike a little faster, a little bit easier to ride. Head over to Racetech.com or email me, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. And I will get you in touch with Chris over there at Racetech, get you a discount, Send your stuff over there, and then be happy and thank me later. Trust me on this. One last thing before we dive into the sucker. I want to talk about the Oregon Old Timers Association. They've been around since 1973. Great bunch of old dudes. That's right. They're old. They like to ride dirt bikes just like me. And they're having a couple races that I'm going to be at. So I would love to see you guys there. April 18th and 19th at Glen Helen. And Mesquite, Nevada, April 25th and 26th. Go check out OregonOldTimers.com. Sign up. If you guys sign up, the first five people that sign up under Kiefer Inc. Testing, I will pay your entry fee. So I just want to let you guys know that, man. I want to support this this sport. I want to get guys racing, have fun. Hope to see you guys at Glen Helen and Mesquite. The family and I will be there. Even if you have a kid, you're old, but you got a kid, they have a support class, put them in there. I'm going to put Aiden in there, so... Going to be a fun time. Let's all talk shit, bench race, have a good time on dirt bikes, talk about dirt bikes, 
and uh, should be fun. So I'll see you guys at those rounds coming up. All right, guys, so a new week, and of course, you guys know what I'm going to talk about. I just did a garage build for Racer X Films, which will be up here very soon, but I thought, hey, why not do a podcast about it as well? Honda CRF450R. I really have been hard on this bike, especially because I have a little bit of a part of, of testing with Honda. Uh, I've been doing that since 2017. I'm just very critical of this machine because I want to like it. I actually want to buy one because there's a lot of aspects of this bike that I enjoy. One is it has an incredible fast engine, maybe too fast. So that's a good and bad. It has great cornering character. Love the way it corners. It's heavy on paper, but feels light on the track. I can flick it around side to side, change of directions. Great feeling motorcycle. What is the downside of this bike stock? And if you guys are listening to this podcast and have a CRF450R, go ahead and say it. I'll wait. That's right. Chassis. Chassis is a pain in my ass. Holy crap. It's, a, it's bipolar. You will go to a track with a Honda CRF450R and you'll be like, that is the most fun I've had on a dirt bike in a long time. You go to the next track the next day or next week or whatever. You're like, I forgot how to ride. No, you didn't. That CRF450 is a little bit of a bipolar woman. Okay, that's what I like to say because sometimes when it's that time of the week, your chick gets a little upset and she's a little bit hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. Well, that's the Honda, people. Man, it is it is tough. We uh, did a couple episodes about track toughness. I wrote about it on keyforingtesting.com. So my goal for this build, because every time I walk out in the damn shop, I see the Honda and it just calls my name for whatever reason. I feel like the Honda and the KTM are the sexiest bikes in production form. Not the production KTM, the factory edition KTM, because the production KTM is ugly, but that's, that's another podcast. But I want to ride a Honda. Uh, I have a little bit of uh, on my own time, I should say. I really, on my own time, I want to ride a Honda. But on my own time, what do I usually ride? I usually ride a Yamaha or a KTM because I feel really comfortable on those bikes. I want to feel comfortable on a Honda. So I started this project in mind to get you guys comfortable. I'm a production test rider. I'm not like Trey Kennard when I'm trying to dial in a race bike. When I am trying to make my bike good, I am thinking about you guys out there listening to this and seeing and really picturing if you guys would like this setting. I am a test rider that and tries to that tries to encompass a wide range of dudes. Yes, six foot, 172 pounds, dick and ribs over here. But I know I've been around a little bit where I know what will work for I would say 85% of you. That's what I'm trying to do. And that's my job as a production test guy is to get that feeling for you that you guys can ride fast and track toughness where you guys can go to several tracks and get that feeling. So when I started this build, immediately I I said, look, I'm going to Chad at XPR. Flashback to last year on my shitty results at the Nationals. Tony Alessi put me on a, a factory. Well, I shouldn't say factory. The Team MCR Bullfrog Spas Honda. While that motor was insane and it was great, it was just too much for me. Simply put, I, I rode a lot after that and I kind of figured out myself a little bit. I found myself. I like a slower engine, period, because I can actually ride it. I don't need a shit ton of horsepower. And I think most of you guys out there, if you haven't found yourself, should be the same way. In stock form, the Honda is just simply too much. We, I should say we, Honda has been working towards a better ECU setting to help you when you're throwing that throttle on and you're, and you're coming through a corner to be less jerky. Although they have succeeded in some ways, it is still not as connected or smooth as it should be in stock form. I wanted Chad to really hone in and help me in that area. I wanted to broaden this power. I wanted to get more connection. I wanted to have a smoother roll on when I'm in a corner. I wanted a friendly Honda. And then, of course, I went to Racetech and said, hey, give me a friendly suspension package. Little blend of comfort and performance. Also, that's very difficult to do. This is what I'm looking for for you guys out there on this bike. 
Some of you guys have migrated to different colors after you've ridden this Honda because it's just, it's a pain in the ass. You want to like it. You want to ride it. Some days you have fun. Some days you don't. And then I get emails saying, hey, man, I just sold my bike. I, I'm, I'm over it. I can't do it anymore. I get it. I understand. So this podcast, I'm really going to try to tell you guys what I did. And although it is expensive, I usually try to steer away from really expensive builds because you just spend $10,000 on a new bike. I understand. I'm breathing here because when I look at this parts list, it's $4,000 for everything that I did. And I know you guys are saying right now in your in your cars or you're listening in the garage, what the fuck, Kiefer? That's bullshit. That's too much money. I understand. But if you're in the market, and we will talk about less expensive things that you can do to your Honda in this as well. But if you're in the market to make your bike a race machine and to have the most fun on a Honda, this are these are the things that you guys will need. Trust me. If I would have had this bike, I should have had Chad build me my Honda last year for the Nationals. I would have been better off. I had uh, last year at the Nationals, I had a great engine, too much for me. Suspension was obviously factory. It was great. I had no problems with that. It's just the chassis was just gnarly. When I tried to really give it the beans, the chassis wasn't ready for all this horsepower. It was just too much. And at least for me and my riding style, I like to ride a gear high, be smooth. The smoother I am, the faster I go. When I see videos of myself riding, I'm like, that's boring. It looks so boring because I don't look like I'm doing anything, but it's efficient. When I compare my lap times to other dudes out there, I'm like, wow, that's not that far off, but I look so much slower. I just ride smoother. So I'm trying to build this Honda so where you guys can work a little less and get more out of your lap time. So let's knock those lap times down, not get you tired in three laps. These are the things I want to hone in. So let's just rip off this parts list just so you guys know what is done. And of course, you can go to racerxonline.com and look at the video. There's going to be a detailed video about this stuff and why we did it, what it did on the track, and a little backstory on the little bits and pieces that we also threw on here. And I'll, and I'll talk about here. I'll, I'll talk about that on this podcast as well. But um, I just want to kind of go over the parts list for you guys right now. I drank about three cups of coffee, so I'm amped up. Uh, so we ported the head. Um, Chad did that in-house. He has his own porting. He put a custom camshaft in, uh, intake valve springs. He has a custom piston that he built himself through the race team. Of course, a Vortex, ECU, Chad's maps, and just little bits and pieces, like I said, engine covers, graphics. We have a recluse torque drive that's in there that's really key. We'll talk about that for the clutch. And little things like a Kropovich, Renthal sprockets, um, a DID uh, ERT3 chain, very important as well. Also going to a firepower O-ring is very important. ARC levers, works connection, bits, and of course, the thing that's most important on this build is the engine. To me, I, I'm sorry, Race Tech, that's secondary, but to me, we need to tame this engine down. So what did we do? What did Chad do? Little, If you guys are familiar with this podcast, you guys know that I've talked about Chad in the past. Chad is a very meticulous, quiet Canadian. He, uh, he's really particular on the things he does. He, he likes to test. He listens to me, but he knows I'm kind of a pain in the ass when it comes to this bike. He knows that this bike is not my favorite machine. He really tries hard to make me like this bike. Well, he succeeded and then some on this build. Again, I don't really preach a lot on my podcast, but when I believe in something because I've tried a lot, I really try to tell you guys, hey, man, this is really good stuff. It's hard to find an engine builder that's going to build you the right engine that's going to last, that's not going to bullshit you, and it's just not some backyard crap that you're going to spend your money on and be disappointed in. So what he did with the ported head, he he shaped it a little bit, he cleaned it up, and for those of you guys that might email me and say, hey, what's the difference, Kiefer, with the standard uh, head on the CRF450R versus the Works Edition? The Works Edition obviously is in-house in Japan, has some different porting. Chad's porting is a little bit different. I will say that Chad's porting made this bike more linear and smoother than the Works Edition porting that comes standard. So 
The custom camshaft is a little bit of a higher compression. And of course, intake valve springs. And then you add this ECU to this machine. What does it do? What does it feel like on the track? Now, I'm not going to bullshit you and say, hey, man, Chad came out. I wrote it. I immediately liked it. First day, I went out to uh, the Mumford compound. Jumpy track, tight, has some uh, square edge bump stuff. In it, and it's a slower speed track. So it's not a high speed track. So I dipped my toes in the water with that. I was very pleased and happy uh, how this engine is controlled. Comparing to your guys' stock machine out there, what does this do? When I roll out of corners with this this bike now versus a stock one, I have so much more connection to the ground. I explained to Chad is the bike almost felt lower to the ground once I rode his build. I had a we had Honda out there on the same day I was out there and I had a, a stock CRF450R to try. And how I can explain it is I just felt higher up on the bike and had less traction. Now, granted, this has some, maybe has something to do with the suspension as well, but what made me deter from that is we changed an ECU setting and it completely changed the chassis of the motorcycle. Chad came up with a special ECU, I would say Kiefer map, right? And... That sucker immediately felt lower to the ground. I had more connection. When I rolled the throttle on, I had more bite into the dirt. I never felt loose. The bike cornered really well, and it almost made the bike feel lighter. This is the kind of shit that ECU settings can do. People always wonder, well, hey, man, why is it so expensive to do an ECU map? It's 200 bucks per map. Because an ECU now with these four strokes can control so much more than just the engine character. It can control the way the chassis delivers um, its stroke to the suspension. It can control how much power you put to the ground. It could control how much you can ride the bike. Plain and, plain and simple. Back to back, going to the stock Honda versus this bike, I can ride at least 10 more minutes because it's easier to control. I also let a couple of my guys ride this machine uh, and also not too long ago, I let Pingri ride this bike and he commented, this is the best Honda I've ever ridden. Same thing, different day, different rider comment. Same thing. This is the best Honda I've ever ridden. Well, yeah, four grand later. All right. I understand that it's expensive to get a, to get to Honda. You can go buy, maybe you guys are saying, Hey, I can go buy a Yamaha, be happy and not screw with it. I get it. I understand. But there's certain things the Yamaha can't do what the Honda does. And what, what that is, is how much connection there is to the ground. The Yamaha is simply not as rear wheel connected as this Honda is, period. Now, I rode my Yamaha back-to-back -back on the same day thinking, hey, Yamaha is my baseline bike. Yamaha is my comfort zone, right? If I'm really going to find out how good this Honda is when I ride this back-to-back. -back. I actually like this XBR Honda more than the Yamaha at Mumford's. Crazy, right? So with these engine mods, you're not losing a ton of durability. I'm going to tell you that right now. Chad and me really talked about this. I don't want to build an engine that's going to be a, a time bomb. I want to ride this thing 40, 40 hours before I have to change a piston and look at the valves and do these things. 40 hours is a long time, especially what you're getting out of this engine. More connection, I feel lower to the ground. I get more bite with my tires. And for me, just added controllability. It's so long. Second gear on this bike, I had to retrain my brain a little bit because I'm so used to running third gear on a Yamaha. With Chad's motor in this Honda, I can use second gear, get less herky-jerky in the corner, and then pull that gear down the straightaway so far that I had to like, oh man, I don't have to lug this bike in third gear. I can get out of the corner in second and use second way, way far down the straightaway and then shift to third. It's not going to pull third gear in corners as good as a Yamaha. I still feel like that piece is missing in this engine. But if you train yourself to ride in second gear, it's not a problem because you don't have that on-off feeling through the corner. Mid-range is very easy to use. 
Like I said, it's a very broad engine. Overrev is increased. Again, second gear pulls very far down the straightaway. And then when you're in third gear, I honestly don't think you'll ever click into fourth because third gear is so long. It's insane. I use stock 1349 gearing. If you guys do like to use third gear, go to a 1350, or you also can try a 1453. What that does is also help your rear end feel on acceleration and chassis. So it keeps that, that swing arm flat, and the way the chain is moving up and down, it, it keeps that drive moving forward, and it doesn't bind up as much. You see a lot of Supercross guys going to 1452, 1453 for that chassis in the whoops reason where it's not binding and then give you that harsh feel. So I have mixed reviews on a 1452. It does feel a little bit lazier to me, so maybe go to a 1453. But as of right now, I kept it simple, 1349. I wanted to compare that, and it was really good for the engine area of that um, XPR engine. So... Again, I can't reiterate how easy it is to ride with the modifications that Chad did. Now, some of you guys out there say, okay, Kiefer, man, I don't have four grand. I, don't, I can't port my head, put a piston in, camshaft. I can't do all that. I don't have enough money. Okay, so what do you do? Chad, I'm telling you guys, if you don't have a Vortex ignition, you don't have Chad map it with this Honda, you're missing out. Plain and simple. This is the number one thing if I was going to do anything for delivery of power. You already have a muffler. Let's say you have a muffler, and next mod should be your Vortex Ignition. Honestly, even if you have a stock muffler, the first mod should be the Vortex ECU with Chad's map. And maybe even have my map put in that thing so you guys can feel it. That will take away a lot of the herky-jerkiness of this bike and make it easier to ride. It will not be as broad as what I have here in this engine because it's not, you know, the porting's not there, the, the camshaft, the piston, but it will make it easier to ride, plain and simple, and give you a little bit longer of a power curve. That's it. ECU, 800 about 700 bucks plus two. I mean, you're looking at a grand for this. And it changes the way your bike rides the track. Track toughness will improve as well with just a Vortex Ignition. I'm sure Chad will repeat what I say. When you have a clean delivery that's smooth and broad, it changes the way the action of this Honda really... <laughs> it cha I'm thinking about it like in stock terms. like When you guys are rolling out of a corner and you have some chugs... Um, and then you're chumming in some brakey bumps. It always feels like there's a binding on a Honda CRF450R. You put that ignition in, it frees it up, you have less engine braking, and that binding harshness is cut in half. There is still some there because that frame is stiff. We're going to talk about what you can do there too, but it is just a different feeling motorcycle for the better. Track toughness goes up. So... You guys could give two shits about all of this stuff that Chad did to this engine, which you should because it's really amazing. But if you don't have that kind of money, go to a Vortex. It's a grand. It changes the way the whole bike works. So just trust me on that. Um, what else about the engine? So mufflers. Tested a lot of mufflers for this bike. Um, I'm going to do a standalone test on the FMF system, which I didn't have on for this test, but I do have on now, and I'll get back to you guys on that. But I have tested the Yoshimura and what I left on there, the Kropovich mufflers. To me and Chad, the Kropovich has a broader pull. It's not as snappy as the Yosh, but that actually helps this engine, period. Vortex and a Kropovich, you're getting a long, smooth power. It sounds nice. It's not loud as shit, and you get more connection. Akropovich is a little bit more expensive than the Yoshimura, but very, very nice system. Um, you see a lot more U.S. teams running these Akropovich mufflers because of the quality and the way they deliver their power. It's really nicely made. I do like a Yoshimura muffler, but on the dyno, Chad says this Akropovich's line and this curve is so much better because it doesn't have a dip in the mid-range. And 
I do feel that when I ride. When I accelerate out of a corner with a Yosh, I have nice pull. Then almost feels like it kind of dies off a little bit and then hits again. So I have like a little dip in my power before I shift to third gear. With this Akrapovich, you don't have that dip in the power. You have this nice long pull, and you could shift, and it's almost a seamless feel. So, again, connection is up with Akrapovich and not as good as a Yoshimira, but you will get more bottom in from a Yoshimira. So, for the small chance that you want more bottom in out of your Honda, which I don't see anybody sitting, I've never met anybody that says that. Yoshimir is the way to go. But if you want a more you want more connection and a better pull, then go to a Kropovich. So very nice system there. Let's talk about a recluse. Getting some emails, but hey man, I heard the torque drive is hard on transmissions. Yes, I've heard that as well. I've had yet I've never had a problem using a torque drive system with a transmission, but I have heard Supercross guys having that problem. They use stiff springs in that torque drive, and that puts a bind on the transmission. I use the softer springs so it doesn't have as much of a hit. So going, you have a chance of going to a gold or red. I know we went with uh, the red springs. Still has a, a nice hit. It still has that hit, but what Chad did inside the engine still made it smooth so we could get away with having some added little snap on the throttle. So... What does the torque drive do? It gives you a little bit more um, traction, I would say. It gives you more bite. You have a better clutch pull, less uh, on-off feeling with the clutch because that clutch, stock clutch, is very grabby. Also, to me, it's very important. The lever pressure is much better with a torque drive. And if you guys can't afford the full torque drive, there is a clutch, a torque drive clutch pack. It uses the recluse fibers and steels, which is more than stock, but you can use your stock basket. So you have these sleeves that go inside your basket. It adds plates to it, gives you increased uh, traction, less on-off feel, and of course, my favorite, that clutch pull gets a hell of a lot better. To complement that, Chad has a clutch arm that I've had a hard-on for for a year or so, and what that longer clutch arm does, it's a custom arm that he makes there in-house, and what that does, it also feeds the power in a longer manner. When I'm doing a start, I can feed that clutch, and it gradually gets that power to the ground, and then I have a lot more traction. I'm not wheeling, and it's not so grabby. So the clutch arm, along with the recluse, gives me a clutch feeling that I like. Honda is not a very good stock clutch. I go through clutches every five hours, or I've broken fibers. Um, the lever is hard as hell. I feel like I'm running an ATK 560, and just don't like it. So clutch arm is important. Recluse torque drive, also important. If you can't afford it, go to a clutch pack. I recommend those things. I used Bob at ARC for levers. I, use, I love works connection, but Bob is like a mad scientist when it comes to levers, ratios. The dude is insane. If you walk the pits and you looked at some dude, you're like, that guy looks crazy. That's Bob. But Bob is cool, and Bob is smart. And Bob knows his shit when it comes to levers, uh, ratios. He has all these different little mad scientist things about um, front brake levers, man. I've tried so many different ratios on a front brake to where I want my front brake to hit. He has these little pills that you can stick in between your lever and your where the the master cylinder is, and you can get a different feeling front brake. It's amazing. This guy, <laughs> he specializes in this stuff, and he has so much to offer, it's almost overwhelming. So I like Bob's ARC levers. No, I didn't use the Memlon. The, they call it Memlon. And... I like just the standard non-breakable lever because it's stiffer. It feels better. I like that so I have a better feel at my lever. I don't like my lever to, to flex so much. It just feels like I don't have a lot of connection to the bike. So ARC lever, that, along with having a better pull with that arm and the recluse, putting that perch and lever on also helps um, pull as well because that lever shape is a little longer, and you get some more leverage, and that helps as well. So 
Very important. These things that I've talked to you guys about, very important to make your Honda get track toughness. It's not a different feeling Honda from track to track. So, man, I was impressed. I'm not a guy who can just publicly say, hey, man, I I like to ride a Honda on my off time. I don't. But this bike, I really enjoy riding. Granted, looks like Honda's going to change their bike next year from what we see over there in MXGPs. So some of these things that I'm talking about may not roll over. But nonetheless, if you guys plan on keeping your Honda for a while, these are very important mods. And for me, will increase your resale value when you go to sell it. That's what I feel like. I know um, some of you guys sell these bikes and Honda really actually has a pretty good resale value when they come stock, and if you guys are out there looking to sell it. But when you add these things in, it's a huge difference, man. And I think you could uh, up your value on your motorcycle when you're doing these things because you're not hurting durability. It's not a time bomb. It's not a rocket ship. This guy's not going to loop out and kill himself when he goes by your bike. So, again, connectivity, usefulness of an engine is very important with these 450s. Chad knows his shit, man. This is what he does. Chad does a lot of other things as well. Of course, I wrote a KTM that he did amazing work to. But man, if there's something special that he knows, it's this Honda. He does a lot of stuff for Tony and the team. So I trust him with the Honda. I always talk about Chad and Jamie a lot on this podcast. Chad, I'm going over there because if I have a Honda, that's the guy. He's... he's uh. <laughs> not to break off on this, but man, it's rare that you see a, a engine builder with a clean shop. This dude's shop, I can go eat lunch off of his table. It's insane. Like, I can't believe how clean it is, and it takes pride in his work. That's what that shows me. As a guy that's that grew up with a dad saying, hey, clean your tools, put your tools away, don't leave the garage a mess, I can appreciate that kind of a value in a person. So when I walk into a shop, I feel comfortable knowing, hey, this guy's going to do a good job on my bike. There's not cylinders and heads laying all over the place. There's not grease. There's not oil. It's a nice Taj Mahal type of shop. So kudos to Chad. I don't know if I ever told you that, Chad, but man, nice shop. Good stuff there. Hey, everybody, it's commercial time. Do not forward it. There's important messages in these commercials. Hell, if you own a home or want to or refi, there's even Plum Creek funding that can help you do that. I'm trying to be a little bit more productive than just dirt bikes here, people. Listen to these commercials. Please hold. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother, bleep, nah, flying machine factory, that's what it stands for, go to fmfracing.com, you got a four stroke, two stroke, they've got what you need, trust me, older two stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them, you got a newer four stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too, but most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool. You want to wear a cool hat, or you're a two-stroke guy, and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt, and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So. Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me, they're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the dining room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. 
Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Just because you're older, guys, doesn't mean you should stop racing. Look, I'm 43 years old. I love racing. I love it. So there is a club, Old Timers MX. More importantly, Oregon Old Timers MX. There are some races happening that are fun. You get long motos, and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy. Your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada. They go to Montana. They go to Washington. Even British Columbia. Even Hangtown. Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kiefering Testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email. I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys. That's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyon's coming up, Arizona, and Glen Helen. I will see you guys at Glen Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at KeeferingTesting.com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy! Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff. Because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And, of course, they have oil, too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool, firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arctic Cat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. 
Go to ProTaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. ProTaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips? Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out, ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Keyfring testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years. Dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris. Hit him up. We are back with the show. Thank you for hanging tough on those commercials. I appreciate it. Back with some more Honda Ride Red talk. Let's move on to some chassis and suspension things. Also, just right behind that engine is very important. Race tech. Guys, if you guys are riding a Honda, you guys are searching. I know factory connection is tied with Honda, but you guys want a good setting on a Honda. Rob over at Race Tech, those guys do great work, man. I use my A-kit stuff on this. It's an A-kit uh, fork and an A-kit shock with an 18-millimeter shaft. I actually prefer a 16 shaft, but I wanted to make this stuff work because I had it. So the A-kit fork isn't much different than what you guys got at home to the standard fork. Not much different. So I had Rob do two settings. I needed some more comfort, but it was a little bit soft for me initially. So Rob changed that fork setting up a little bit, had some more holdup, and I have less pitching now with the Honda. Already have less pitching because I don't got as much engine braking with Chad's mods. And it's smoother and linear and has a freer feel. So my bike is already feeling pretty flat and neutral on D-Cell. When I wanted to come into some corners, I needed a little bit less movement, more control. I asked Rob to do that for me in the fork. That was accomplished. And, of course, I need to run about 106 millimeters of shock sag. I run a stock link. I've tried links on this bike. Kind of a sideways move for me. I'm not sold on it. Um, I decided, hey, it's more consistent for me with the stock link and with the Racetech modified revalve and the gold valves that they did in the shock. I got some added acceleration comfort and less harshness in the rear end. What I like about this setting, it's a good blend, like I said earlier in this podcast, of comfort and performance. I can over jump a single into another face of a jump and I got hold up. And when I come in some bumps, some nasty bumps that I uh, experienced here from the high des and trying to dive into a rut, there's enough control there that I can push through that area and it's not diving and then rebounding me and then I'm getting a vague feeling front end that it's not biting on initial lean. That's everything to me. I need to feel my front end. I need to feel my tire in my front tire. I need to feel it gripping the ground. When you get too stiff, on this bike, it's just like a fucking marble skatey piece of trash on a hard pack track. That's what it feels like. So I've experienced that last year in the Nationals. I said, hey, man, I need a little softer. This chassis is already stiff-natured. So having a little bit of a softer setting here with your fork is a welcome addition. Trust me on this. When you, if let's say you guys don't send your suspension into race tech, let's say you're going somewhere else, just make sure they know, hey man, I'm 200 pounds, but I need some front end feel. That is, those three words is key for you to get a good feeling fork on your Honda. If you just tell these 
suspension guys, hey, man, I need a revalve. You're going to get something stiff. I guarantee it. So make sure you always tell them, hey, man, I need some front-end feeling. What that tells the suspension tech is this guy needs to have a little bit of a softer front end so he can turn. Very important. There's little secret words out there that help suspension techs. If you don't know how to say that kind of shit, your suspension might come back, and it's going to be rigid, harsh, and you're going to go, what the hell, and you're going to yell at your suspension guy. But it's up to you guys out there to say the correct phrases in order to get the right stuff. Man, I'm passionate about that. You have to communicate to them. They're shooting in the dark. Yeah, they have base settings, but you need (laughs) to tell them what you like. So I need front-end feeling. Just say those words. That'll help you. The guys over at Racetech, I shouldn't say guys, Rob has really changed my way of thinking on a lot of settings on this bike. This bike is very hard to dial in. Again, I'm going to say this through this whole podcast, but trying to nail a setting on this fork and shock is not easy. And I'm not going to lie, me and Rob, we've gone through maybe six or seven of these settings, and I finally found something that I like. Just recently, he changed it for this build, and I like this setting a lot. So if you guys, I know that Racetech doesn't like me doing this, but I'm telling you, I set this suspension up for a wide range of guys. If you have a Honda, you're looking for a good spec, email me. Before you ship your stuff over there, and let's get you on my spec, and I bet you guys will like it. I don't care if you're 190, 200 pounds. I feel like you will like this setting. You may need a different spring rate, but I think my valving, the way I like to ride, is really going to be helpful for you guys, normal dudes out there that just want to go race on the weekends and have fun and have some comfort. So, again, great job by Racetech to getting that comfort for me and getting that feel that I need on this Honda. It's a fun bike. Now when I walk out in the garage, I'm not going, oh, I want to ride that bike, but I I don't want to ride that bike. Now I just go, I want to ride that bike. So I'm loading that sucker in the van now because of Rob and getting me that comfort. What about chassis feel? Um, Man, this is tough too. Where is this bike feel um, stiff? This bike feels stiff to me when I'm leaning on throttle and it's edgy on the track. This is where I feel like I have less traction. So how do we help that? And this is more of me talking. There's nothing that anyone did personally. So I'm going to tell you something that helps. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but this may or may not go well with others. There is two things that I do. One, I, I like stock engine hangers. I'm fine with it. If you guys want a little softer feeling, drill a four millimeter hole through the middle of the top hanger on each side, leave it there. I don't know if you guys checked out Kenny Roxon's bike lately, but that's what that is. It's a stock hanger with a hole drilled right in the middle. You guys can do that right at home, and that'll help lean angle on throttle without getting that harsh, loose feel. This will help make your bike feel a little bit more planted on lean angle on throttle as you're coming into a corner. Very important. That's a huge part of a track to me, guys, is setting up, cutting across the track while on throttle. If my bike feels skatey, I'm more of a point-and-shoot guy because I'm going to go straight into a corner and then come out. If I really feel it and I'm feeling this bike, I like to arc, angle, cut across, and get into the corner because you have more speed diving into the corner. That's important to go fast on a track. If you don't have that feeling or that traction, You're not going to be able to do that. So drilling that hole helps. And also, this isn't for a backyard dude. This is very important. You could really fuck your bike up if you do this the wrong way. But there is, if you look on your Honda, you go walk out to your Honda right now, there is a bar, an aluminum brace that goes across directly under your butt under the seat where the the spars come down, okay? You look right under, right by your subframe where the shock... um, bolt meets the frame there's that aluminum brace that goes across it looks like a block it actually just looks like a a a block that goes across and it looks like just honda's put a block of aluminum that went across very sharp edge um what i've learned and what i've ridden with that actually did help just take that edge off a little bit it's not you don't have to take a lot off if that sharp edge is just like rounded just a little bit all the way across 
that helps the stiffness and that binding that this chassis feels like when under load acceleration. It loosens that up a little bit. Now, when that happens, you might have to stiffen up your shock setting a little bit, but I'm telling you, it frees up that harsh, spiky feel when you're under load out of a corner. Again, go look at your bike right underneath your seat, and it's, a, it's right where the shock, the top of the shock bolts up to the frame. That square chunk of aluminum that goes across, all you have to do is just lightly get a little Dremel and just chamfer that sharp edge off all the way across on top. That's it. You barely have to take anything off, and it's a huge difference. I know you might be calling bullshit, but I'm telling you guys, it's the truth. Little changes makes huge differences on the track. I didn't do this to this Honda build, but I've ridden other bikes that had this that really, really work. Again, do this at your own risk. I am not telling you, you guys fuck it up. You could fuck your whole bike up. But it does work if you just take a little bit off of that edge it helps free that up. It's just a, if you feel that piece going across, it feels sharp to the touch on your finger. Just lightly round that edge off. That's all you got to do. And I'm telling you guys, it's a different feeling motorcycle. It's huge. The combination of that and drilling the holes in the engine hangers make a huge difference on this Honda. Track toughness goes up. Performance goes up. Comfort goes up. And it's fun to ride. It's deceiving that we can't see a lot of these cool things that uh, are on these factory bikes, man. Um, this is what I try to bring to the table for you guys out there. Little things like that that other media outlets out there are not telling you. I'm a test rider. I love it. I freaking love dirt bikes, and I love making things better for not only me, but for you guys out there because I'm just an average guy that likes to ride too. So I think if it works for me, chances are very high it's going to work for you. So um, those little things help the chassis a lot. We have, uh, of course, XPR made some custom graphics. I went with the standard Renthal Fat Bar. If you guys are looking for some more flex, go to a Pro Taper Evo Bar or even the new Renthal Fat Bar 36, even though that bar is larger in diameter. It flexes pretty good and also takes a lot of vibration out from your hands. So I do like that a lot. And they have some good bands. If you're looking for a Fat Bar 36, of course, you're going to have to go with engine. Oh, I'm sorry, engine. You're going to have to go with bar mounts and the bar, so very expensive, but um, the 934 bend is a nice bend. I like that bend a lot, so look into that. And if you're an Evo guy, which is hard to beat Pro Taper, guys, seriously, it's a great bar. Evo SX Race, that's my go-to on this bike. Very fun. Really quick, too, I want to add this to this uh, podcast is Pirelli's. Been on a Pirelli kick lately with the MX-32 Midsoft. If you guys are looking for some more carcass comfort, very important with this Honda. I experienced some front-end harshness on this bike. Went to a Pirelli MX-32, and it helped huge. Run 14 PSI in these, these tires because the carcass is soft. Going to 14 PSI really helps lean angle when you're pushing it. Helps that uh, carcass hold up a little bit more instead of rolling and giving you that vague feeling. So if you guys are looking to switch up your tires and get some more performance, I'm really liking a Pirelli MX-32 Mid-Soft. It lasts about as long as a Dunlop MX-33, but you're not getting that hard carcass feeling like you do on an MX-33. I hate an MX-33 front tire. hate it. MX-3S is out, supposed to be back out. So check your dealers, but you guys are going to Dunlop. Get an MX-3S front, run a 33 rear, because the 33 rear I can actually deal with but if you guys want to match it up and get some more comfort, lean angle, and have a carcass that really is uh, has some more comfort over those square edge bumps, look at a Pirelli MX-32. Chances are high you're going to see some Pirellis come stock on OEM bikes here pretty soon. I know a couple uh, manufacturers that might be doing that soon. So, uh, man, Pirelli is going to be making a big push here pretty soon. And uh, there is a reason why, man. I, I just did a revisit. You can go to keyforingtesting.com and look at the Pirelli review. That is up there, and uh, you guys get always ask me, and say, hey, what, what tires are on your bike? Well, Pirelli's have been on my bike for the past month or so. Uh, of course, Dunlop is a great tire, 
Uh, also, I just did a review on the Bridgestone M59 front tire. You can go look at that. That is actually a really good front tire as well. And, of course, Michelin Starcross 5 is also a great option as well, maybe not as expensive. So there are some good tires out there to choose from, but as of right now, I am on a Pirelli MX-32 Mid-Soft. So that's the meat and potatoes of this build, guys. If you guys want to get some more info, you can go to racerxonline.com when that build is up. I talk about it. We, uh, we go over everything that we think that you guys need for this bike. Um, again, engine is very important. I understand how expensive it can be. Trust me, man. If it wasn't for what I do, it'd be tough for me to get a new bike every year. I'd be on every other year program. But if I was a Honda guy, I would definitely spend my money this direction just to make my Honda really good. I love the way a Honda corners, man. I, I know when I ride a Yamaha, I don't uh, – when I ride a Yamaha a lot, I appreciate it. I like it. But it's not until I hop on another bike right after is then I'm like, ah, this is where Yamaha is not as good. I understand what you guys are saying about – Yamaha being a little wide, heavy feeling. I experienced that a lot lately going from a Honda, a KTM to the Yamaha. I'm like, wow, Honda does feel big. It does feel wide. It does feel a little bit heavy on lean-in. But the engine and suspension so good, I kind of try to oversee all that. But, man, riding a KTM and a Honda back-to-back -back with this Yamaha, I can really appreciate how well I can corner and how long I can last on a track without getting fatigued. I know the Yamaha fatigues me a lot because it feels heavy. Um, again, 170 pounds don't have a lot of muscle there, right? So having a little bit of an easier cornering bike can help me in those situations. But I also have to have stability. And this is what I'm trying to do for you guys with the Honda because that's where the Honda is lacking in stability and control. This, this build is just what the doctor ordered for me to ride a Honda fast at these races. So when you go to these Oregon old-timer races and Glen Helen and, of course, coming up Mesquite, I'm bringing a couple bikes. I'm going to race two different bikes. I'm going to bring the Honda. I'm going to bring a KTM. I'm going to bring a Yamaha. I'm going to ride all these different kinds of bikes. I like to feel it in race situations, but um, hopefully you guys will be there and we can talk about this. But, man, this Honda has got me going, and I really feel like it's getting me re-motivated to go ride more and race more. So I get burned out at times. <laughs> Because I ride and test a lot, but on my own time, it's hard to find the motivation to get off my ass and go ride. I've been telling you guys I want to race the first three nationals again. I may have bit off more than I can chew. I, motivation is very low, and I, I know some of you guys go through that as well. But man, sometimes it just takes something different like this Honda for me to get me re-motivated to train more, to ride more, to actually make my riding sessions count. So... Um, kudos to Race Tech. Kudos to Chad at XPR for making me a badass Honda. And uh, again, there are ways to make your Honda better without spending $4,000. But uh, if you guys are going to look somewhere, go hit up Chad over at XPR for Performance. Man, he does great work. I really recommend that. And uh, just tell him Kiefer sent you. And I don't know what he can do for you, but man, it, it's definitely going to be quality work. So, um, that's basically the meat and potatoes, like I said, of this bike, of this build. And uh, that's it, man. It's, uh, it's been a fun time. It's been going ongoing for about a month and a half. But nonetheless, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot different than I rode at the Nationals. I wish I had this bike at the Nationals. Probably would have been a lot closer to qualifying. Maybe not have done it because my head was up my ass. But still, would have been a lot, a lot, a lot friendlier to ride. So uh, uh, maybe this year will we'll be a little bit different. So hopefully that will be good. All right, so that's been the show. We're going to be back next week. We have a KX250 build. Talk about the head. Talk about suspension. Little nooks and crannies about that KX that I needed to be fixed. And we're going to get with you guys about durability on that bike. A lot of questions about things breaking on the KX. We're going to talk about that. Thank you guys for supporting the sponsors on this show. It helps me a lot, man. I, it keeps this sucker up and running, man. It just gets me back in the studio, puts me to work. And I appreciate you guys emailing me and say, hey, you're supporting my advertiser. It means a lot. I don't take advertising money from anyone, man. I take advertising money from people that I would use myself. I'm spending money with Rocky Mountain right now. I spent money with Chad. 
I've spent money on fly. Like these people are just quality businesses that make really good things. So please support those guys. They're great. And I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. And of course, over at pulpmx.com. That was a great episode on Monday night. Man, Star Racing, Star Yama, that was that was a good time, right? Man, I wish I could have wrote it. I didn't. But nonetheless, we have something a little bit, I think, more fun to ride here, hopefully in the next week or two. So excited about that. And you guys can go visit keyforingtesting.com, racerxonline.com, or pulpmx.com for all your dirt bikes and dirt bike needs. And of course, you guys want to hit me up, Chris at keyforingtesting.com. I will do my damnness to get back to you and answer your questions. Just please make sure you look over my website because I'm tired of answering questions about shit that's up on my website. I do have other things to do. So do a little bit of research and then hit me up. I'm happy to answer them if I didn't do it. I screw up a lot too. So if I didn't answer your questions on this podcast or on my website, I'll help you out. That's what we do over here. Media testing to the people. That's why the hell we built this son of a bitch. It's awesome. It's fun. Dirt bikes. Wee-yee. See you guys next week. Rip.